Hello, my loves. I am so happy to be here with you in your ears, wherever you are, driving, walking, running, gymming, schooling, studying, whatever you're doing. Thank you for inviting me to be part of the process. I hope you're having an awesome February. It's what's today? It's going to be the 22nd when this releases. So Valentine's has happened. I hope it was fantastic and fun and you celebrated yourself and your body and your love and your friends and family and whatever you wanted to celebrate. I hope it was a fun day for you. If not, then make today a fun day for you and celebrate your love for yourself today like you should do every single day. Today's episode is 141. Wow. We're talking with Connie Chapman, who is a life coach, speaker, and writer, empowering big dreamers and soul seekers to live lives they love from the inside out. Through her international one-on-one coaching practice, she has personally guided hundreds of women and men to break free of their limitations and unlock their true potential. Connie is the creator of the life-changing course, The 90-Day Transformation Project, and the host of the Awaken Radio podcast, where she shares raw and heartfelt conversations that receive over 10,000 listens a month and which are downloaded in more than 50 countries every single week. Known for her authentic, honest, and soulful approach, Connie's transformative work is all about reconnecting with your heart and inner wisdom, embodying more love, peace, and freedom, and creating a mindset that empowers you in learning to truly accept and value yourself. I love Connie. I had so much fun talking with her. I felt so alive afterwards. I love episodes where not only do I get to share great insight with you guys and know that y'all are going to be spending your hour wisely but also I feel revived after it it's like when I go to a conference or I get a coaching session like I feel super revived and when I have a good soulful conversation with someone I feel the same way so I hope you really enjoy this episode I really don't think there's any way you could not like it because it's just so honest and beautiful and I have a feeling you'll really jive with our chat so I hope you love it Today's review comes from Mindfully Ashley, and she says, Maddie is amazing with five stars. Maddie's podcast is so wonderful and informative. The guests she has on bring such interesting insights, and her solo episodes are always filled with resourceful, helpful tips and tools. Maddie and her guests share their life experiences in ways that are real, honest, and relatable. This is definitely a podcast you do not want to miss. Thank you, thank you, Mindfully Ashley. Speaking of solo episodes, how did you like last week's episode? Um, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing that a lot often, a lot more often, maybe even this Friday I'll surprise you with something, or maybe next week I'll just have a solo episode. I don't know, because I'm recording this intro uh, a week earlier than it's going to be airing, so I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. I'm currently in Cologne, Germany, which, did you know Cologne, the perfume, is from here? I have a Cologne Museum experience in a few days, and I'm so excited, but how did I not make this connection? I was like, oh, that's crazy. There's a city called Cologne, kind of like perfume Cologne, ha ha ha, but that's because Cologne was invented here. Am I the only person that didn't make this connection? I don't know. If you're interested in hearing or reading about my adventures and you have not been following me along on Instagram and my travels, Lucky for you, I have been writing posts and blog posts on my site all about these travels, really because for me, it's a way to keep track of my journey and be able to put my photos in a nice and neat orderly way 
not just on my private journal, but to be able to put it on my blog. So I've really made these for myself, but it turns out some people actually kind of enjoy seeing the photos and reading about my trip. So I've got one for Paris slash Frankfurt. I've got one for London. I've got one for Amsterdam. And I don't know yet if I'll have a completely separate Cologne one or if I'll put it with Berlin because I'm off to Berlin uh, in a couple days. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. What other announcements do I have to say? Um, B-School, the B-School cart is open. So if you've been getting my emails or you heard on the last couple episodes me talk about Marie Forleo's free video training series. She just opened up the cart today to join B-School. Here's a little rundown on B-School. It's a modern entrepreneur's guide to creating an online business. So when I was, before I took Marie Forleo's business school, I was still doing okay. I was in the midst of creating a new website. So I was already starting with that. I had a growing email list and I was already doing my podcast for a year and a half. So things were still good, but I didn't have as much clarity as I wanted about who my particular audience was and how I wanted to brand myself and how to make good emails, how to grow my email list, how much content to write every every month, every week. Uh, I kind of just felt like a chicken with my head cut off running around trying to understand or play at this this thing called entrepreneurship, running an online business. And I, at the last moment, decided um, to sign up for B-School. I had a friend who who did it, and her business was the way I wanted my business to look. Nice, neat, professional, clean, and uh, systematic, and it just runs more smoothly. Now, am I completely there? No, I don't know if I'll ever be there, and that's okay. But I will say that after looking at her and all the people I looked up to, all their businesses that I looked up to, at the time I was following about five different people and I loved their businesses and and online every time I visited their site, their podcast, their blog, it was fresh and clean and new and easy to navigate and just it looked like a booming business to me and I thought what do all these people have in common? Well it turns out all of those people had taken Marie's B-School. So at the last moment I signed up for it. I signed up for it through an affiliate and she was there for me to answer any questions I wanted throughout the entire course. I mean, of course, I didn't take advantage of that and ping her all the time, but I would ask her questions about certain things, maybe an email list or a coaching clients uh, or how to um, structure my coaching calls. So she's very helpful with that. Now that I've graduated from it, I am now an affiliate. So now people who are looking to create businesses or they have a blog and they want to learn how to make money from it, or they want to be a coach like me, or they want to be a coach like someone else and do intuitive eating coaching, food psychology, um, they want to do fitness coaching, or they just have a, a blog about whatever it may be and they want to make money from it, and they're interested in taking that next step, now I am an affiliate. So if you sign up via me, through me, using my special link, then you become Basically, I basically become your mentor and I guide you through the process of going through B-School. I'm there for you if you have questions. So you have to sign up for B-School through my link. If you're interested, then you can go to the show notes for this episode, Connie-Chapman, and click on the B-School link that I have in there. And if you have questions, you're more than welcome to contact me via email or even Facebook or Instagram, whatever works for you. And I'll answer any questions you have about B-School. Now, do you have to have B-School in order to make 
money online. No, of course not. You're probably already rocking it. It's just going to bring you more clarity. It's just like if you want to strengthen your marriage, sometimes it helps to do marriage counseling or even therapy or to do more community stuff together or to have sex more. Same exact thing. If you want to take that next step, you learn more. You learn more. You have more practice. You talk with people who have done what you want to do or are where you want to be. It helped me a lot. It really did. It was perfect timing for me as well that I was creating my new website during doing that. And ironically, I'm going through a new website design right now and I'm totally rebranding again. So I'm going to do B-School once more and refresh myself on some things. But a lot of people that you know in the online world, um, Chris Carr, Summer Inanen, uh Lewis Howes, is that how you say his name? Um, Sean Croxton, Gabby Bernstein, they all support Marie Forleo. They all know Marie Forleo. And I, I love the course and I do support it. So Goodness gracious. Some of you are probably like, I could care less about creating anything online. I just want to get to the the podcast. Okay. So if you want to learn more, like I said, reach out to me. The B-School cart, this is Wednesday, the uh, February 22nd. It's only open for a week and one day, so it clo- closes March 2nd. You have until March 2nd, 2017 to sign up through me for me to be your, your mentor, uh, basically being an affiliate for it. That is that. Other two announcements, my six-month clients that I have been coaching with are coming to the end of their sessions. That means that spots are opening up. If you want to take one of those one-on-one coaching spots for six months or 12 months, please go to my coaching page on my site, maddiemoon.com slash coaching, and you'll see the fees there. You can read all about what I provide, read testimonies. You can even talk to people who have done coaching through me if you want. You have to ask me for that so I can set up a time for y'all to talk. Um, And I will make that happen for you. But if you want to apply after you see the prices and you're like, yep, that sounds good. I want to take my life to the next level. I want to work on my body image issues. I want to love food. I want to live life. I want to travel like you. I want to have my own business, whatever it may be. If you have dreams inside of you that you want to come out, if you want to feel more feminine, more flow, more ease, Do you want to give up perfectionism? Stop overthinking your life away and start living. Apply for my coaching. If you want a revamp in your life, a revival of the soul, of the spirit, if you want to meet new soul sisters, you want to just have a fun getaway where you do yoga and dance and arts and crafts and massages and saunas and just really pamper yourself. But while you you get down and dirty with your heart and your soul, come to my confidence revival retreat at the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be easy. I'm so excited about the easiness of it. No worrying about driving from here to there, finding your own accommodation or getting your own food. Everything is taken care of at Kripalu. This is a world-renowned center People like Oprah recommend it. I'm pretty sure Deepak Chopra. It's just a really beautiful place in Massachusetts. I'm so excited to be putting this on. If you want to come, go to maddiemoon.com slash confidence-revival. You'll see the prices on there as well. All I need is a $500 deposit for you to save your spot. And you can pay off the rest however it works for you. I am not picky about that at all. But if you want to come, I say... I say just go with your heart. These kind of things do not have have a half-life. They last long. They stick with you. The retreats I've gone to in my life have shaped the woman I am today. 
they're similar to one-on-one coaching to me. I get the attention. I get the revival. I get to uncover things within myself, and that's truly what it takes to have a soul-shifting experience for the better. All of the links I have mentioned thus far are on the show notes for this episode with Connie Chapman. You're more than welcome to just go there to get anything you want. But I think it's time. I think it's finally time to go head on over to listen to Connie's wise words. See you there. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm here with Connie Chapman, who I am excited to speak with today. I absolutely love her show. Connie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for an awesome conversation today. I am really excited as well. Thank you so much for having me. Love it. You're doing so many wonderful things in the world, and I have to thank you because whenever I was on your podcast, I got a huge growth spurt of people coming over. So you introduced me to a lot of people and I have to thank you for that. Your show resonates with so many different people and I know that um, it's just such an honor to be on it. So I'm just delighted to have you now on my show. It's so nice, isn't it, when we get to kind of share each other's messages with our communities. And I think what people probably resonate with you and and also with what I endeavor to share on on my podcast is just those really real, raw, honest conversations. It's not scripted. It's not pre-planned. It's very in the flow. And it's just very much, you know, two women getting together and speaking from the heart about their journeys. And I know you share so authentically um, and just in that really down-to-earth kind of way. And I know that really resonates with my audience and with so many people these days, you know, to, for us to teach from that, from that energy in that space. Absolutely. And I feel that it's interesting to watch, like with podcasts, your messages grow like so much, like you're always growing, like your, cause your podcast changes as you change. So the conversations change. And when I was on your show, that was around the time I was changing up my message from talking about um, one thing to another, specifically like body image over to uh, manifestation, freedom and surrendering to uh, the unknown. And that was really fun to be able to have such an honest and open conversation with you in a, in a new realm that I was excited to explore. And that's when I really knew it was like, oh, this is cool. People like this. So this is good. (laughs) And it felt just really aligned. So that was a good opportunity. 
Oh, yeah. And particularly the conversation, I know so much of what you and I spoke about was moving out of control and into surrender, which is oh, so many people are feeling the desire to make that shift in their own life. And so I think at the time that we were having that conversation, it was also very relevant to what a lot of people were really feeling. So I think they really vibed with what you were sharing. Yeah. And I will make sure that I have uh, that link in the show notes for this podcast so people can listen to it. So uh, gliding now into this conversation here, can you tell my audience a bit about your background and your story and uh, what brought you to create Awaken Radio and, and to be this life-changing coach for so many people? Mm, my journey honestly has been really long and I'll try to condense it for people. But, you know, I, I feel like I've been on this path of awakening and self-realization and personal growth. Um, it really began when I was 19. So it's almost 15 years now and it's taken a lot of different shapes and forms. But it began when I was around 19 because I was introduced to the world of yoga and meditation and, and self-development through my mom. Um, I'd spent most of my I grew up in a very crazy kind of childhood environment with my little sister being very sick, my parents having a very dysfunctional relationship, a lot of emotional abuse. My dad has a drinking problem. It was really, really chaotic. Teenage years were pretty awful for me as well. I was struggling with panic attacks and anxiety and migraines and just like, I don't know, it was a pretty crazy um, sort of childhood teenage time for me. And when I was 19, my mom began um, I think trying to support me through a lot of the stuff she was really passionate about. And she took me to an introductory yoga course, um, which uh, just blew me away. It really, really cracked me open and it really sparked something in me. I think it was the first time I'd ever felt a sense of peace or contentment or, or just inner happiness for no reason. I don't think I'd ever experienced that before. And I began teaching myself how to meditate as a result of that course. Um, and I would, I would, I remember I'd close my door in my bedroom and out in our house, it would just be this crazy world. But when I would go into my meditation, I would find this feeling of like coming home and this feeling of love and this feeling of wholeness. And something was just awakening in me around then. And I began devouring my mum's bookcase. She had all the Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, Anthony Robbins, you know, the whole bookcase, John Demartini. I started studying that and probably had a good six to 12 months where I was just fully waking up and immersing myself in, in these principles. And for the first time, recognizing that I could change my thoughts, I could change myself. I was in charge of how I felt. I was in charge of what my, what I was choosing to do, of how I was choosing to respond to things. I think it was the first time I was really ever finding my power. Um, but then I went through an interesting phase sort of from around 20 to 27. I, I moved to a new city. I moved alone without my family and kind of went into this whole new phase of, of now trying to figure out how to belong and fit in, in this, this new city and this new place and, and formed this weird belief system that in order to be popular and fit in, I had to be skinny and beautiful. And I wanted to be loved and liked by everyone. And I developed a really uh, extreme eating disorder where I was 
binging, purging, usually purging like three times a day in complete con- just control patterns around food, so anxious, um, so self-aware of my body and, and how men were perceiving my body. I was also very promiscuous at that time. And that sort of then kick-started this whole period of this external search. So it was weird. I kind of had this awakening and then I ran away from it and went on this crazy external search of um, constantly trying to change and modify my physical appearance to be loved and liked. I was changing jobs every few months. I was um, moving house. I was just like I I think I was trying to find that feeling again that I first found, but I was looking outside of myself for it. And this really led to in into a big phase of partying, drug taking. Um, again, the eating disorder was going on for most of this time. Uh, I was also began self-harming, which was pretty awful. I, I'd reached some points where the anxiety that I was feeling was so intense that the only way I knew how to relieve it was through cutting myself. So I went through a little phase of doing that, which was really, really awful, but at the time was my only coping mechanism, which is pretty, pretty sad um, to think about that. And, you know, that went on for a little while. And then I got to age 27 and um, found myself back living at home with my parents. Um, I'd gone traveling came back home, moved back in with my parents, had no money. I was about $10,000 in debt because I just went and partied in South America for a while, um, had no job and, uh, and, and couldn't really run from myself anymore. I was, there was this real moment where I had to face myself again and found myself really going back to a lot of the principles that I was learning when I was 19, 20, going through my first awakening. And, at that point, I hired a life coach and I was, I was really, really struggling at this point. I was so unhappy in myself and I was, I was back working in a day job just to make money, but I hated that. And I knew in my heart that I was capable of so much more and I knew I was here for so much more, but I just couldn't seem to get there. So I hired a life coach and she was like life changing for me. She was phenomenal. She began teaching me how to slow the heck down and just come back to myself and stop running from myself and start looking within, start meditating again and, and listening to my heart and doing what I loved, you know, making time for what I was passionate about. So she got me to start writing on a blog, um, sharing my learnings and my journey and everything I was doing. And that blog, I mean, that was seven years ago. It, it started to create a huge community and a huge following. Um, a lot of people have said to me it was the first self-help blog they ever read. I think at that time there weren't many young women um, talking about these this type of stuff. And a lot of people were like, oh, who's this girl who looks like me but who was talking about these cool principles, you know? So I began building up that community and um, I think I, I realized that this is what I loved and this is what I was here to do. It was the most effortless, joyful thing to talk about my learnings and, and about happiness and overcoming fear and, and meditation and, and people loved it. It really, really vibed with people. And so I went on and did my life coach training and um, began taking on clients. And, and that was about five years ago. I then went on and sort of set up my business. And since then, I've just really been 
following this inner call and, and finally listening to this inner call of, of what I love and what I know I'm here to share with the world. So it's been a really big journey, but, um, but that, but I love the journey because I, it means I have, I have so much to share with people based on the path that I've walked. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. <laughs> like, I, I love that you said like, that you just shared all of these different things that you've gone through and it's almost unexpected. And I say that because I look at your website, I look at your message and it's just like, so, so like we say, enlightened, awakened and <laughs> self-help and it's beautiful. But like under, underneath all of this, you've gone through so much to get to where you are. And I think a lot of people might forget that they may see people who are sharing this positive message and, 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 and hear the surface about, yeah, they've, they've gone through struggles. It's been hard, but now look where they are now. And when you actually hear these stories of what you've gone through, what you've really gone through and the struggles you went through for over seven years, like I think so many people out there listening will be able to relate and say, yes, I have had those periods of not treating myself so very nicely and not being so kind to myself. And I, I think a lot of people might be holding some shame about it as, as well. Did you ever hold shame around your story and around those seven years of, of struggle and pain and not want to open up fully? Or did you come out with guns blazing being like, yep, I'm ready to share with the world about this stuff? Mm, no, not at all. There's been a huge amount of shame. I, I probably only in the past 12 months have began really putting words to the, the, the depths of the darkness I kind of went to on my journey. Um, and it's something I'm feeling very, very guided to share more about. And, and as you kind of say, people might come to my work on my website and not as yet really know all that stuff that went on behind the scenes because I probably have hidden it a little bit, particularly a couple of things. For example, you know, Maddie, from having an eating disorder that one of the biggest things when you're going through that is you, it, it's your secret. You don't want people to know it. And, and you, it, it's almost a huge amount of shame if someone ever discovers that, of, that you've been doing this, that you have this pattern. You kind of like to think that no one knows, even though everyone probably does know. So even there's a, me starting to talk about that eating disorder. Um, I still have fear because I know there are some of my best friends that I've never even actually told them that I was struggling with this, yet they're probably hearing it now through my work. You know, my family, I've never spoken to them about this. The, um, the self-harm stuff, I've really only just started to talk about because I honestly do carry a lot of shame around that. Um, a few people know about it from, from, you know, I had huge cuts all over my hands. Like I cut out my whole left hand and it was covered in scabs and it was pretty revolting. And a few of my friends saw it at the time, but not many people know about that either. And, and I think the reason I feel really guided to talk about it is because yeah, many of us are comparing ourselves to people on the internet who are coming out as these beautiful bright lights and we look at who we are and where we are and we think there's something wrong because we're still struggling with fear or anxiety or self-hatred or any of those things. And, um, yeah, I think teachers coming out talking about their journey is so necessary. Like, let's get really real about sometimes how long it takes to reach a point of self-love and self-acceptance. Like, that's taken me a damn long time you know <laughs> yeah oh beautiful i love this so much so i i have another question for you i want to go back a little bit into your into when you were talking about hiring a life coach 
And you said mm-hmm. you had to learn how to slow down. And being a coach, I'm sure you have plenty of clients that come to you not even knowing that's really what they need, but that's what you end up teaching them. Because mm-hmm. I've done that same thing. Like I have people coming to me being like, goals, 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 let's do this. And then what we end up learning together is how to help this person slow down and release and be and stop just doing when you were going through this period of learning how to slow down and to just be what area specifically area or areas did you realize you needed to slow down the most? Where were you jumping ahead or, or chasing perfection in or, um, beating yourself up in the most in your life that you needed to stop doing that? Mm, You know, I do think it was playing out across all areas. I guess there's kind of the external manifestation of it, which was, I was always trying to change the external. So it was always, always thinking of like, okay, what's the next job I need to be in? Or, oh, I know there's something wrong with this job. Let me then get a different job or, or I want to move house or I want a new relationship. I was finding something wrong with everything in the external and then thinking my kind of purpose was to then go and get a better external situation and that would lead to my happiness. And a couple of key things my life coach said to me when we first started, which were just game changing. She said, okay, Connie, for this period that we're working together, I'm going to get you to not focus on changing anything external. She's like, how about we just let the external world be? We're just going to leave that as it is. And we're going to focus on creating inner change. And, and she said, I'm going to get you to stop doing so much. And I want you to learn how to be just like what you said. And, and I remember saying to her, what do you mean just be like, how do I do that? I don't, like, I don't understand. It was the first time anyone had ever sort of shown me. I think she was mirroring back to me because I couldn't see it. Just how much I was looking outside of myself and chasing external things and frenetically doing all the freaking time and what what that is causing um, us to, to sort of end up doing is actually we're, we're avoiding being with ourselves. We're avoiding feeling. We're avoiding looking within. We're avoiding sitting with ourselves because we don't want to feel what's going on inside of us. And there's this weird sense of, well, if I can – change all the external stuff it will help me change how I'm feeling but what we need to be able to do is just park the external world just let that be for a minute and you actually come in and you create a change in how you're feeling by by transmuting what's going on inside of you by sitting with it by going into the discomfort so you know I, I feel like Maddie it was playing out across every area of life I mean fundamentally it was in my relationship with myself because that's always the, the fundamental of what's causing all of this stuff is how you're feeling in yourself. But I was doing it across like every single area of my life. Um, so she, I think she, she, she started to show me that pattern and started to show me what I was doing. And I think it was even just through creating a space where I could go into this session with her and she would start to to ask me like questions about my inner world, about how I was feeling and what I was thinking about things. And she'd get me to journal, you know, so I was reflecting on my inner experience. Um, and I think it was just that permission slip to say, let the external world just be, and we're going to start looking within. Um, and, and I, yeah, I think people can, can reflect on, 
even in themselves, like how do you feel when you have unscheduled time in your calendar? How do you feel when you're alone? How do you feel when um, you have a weekend and you don't have social plans on? If you notice there's anxiety, discomfort, fear, um, panic, like I just want to be on my phone, I just want to text someone, then that's some kind of signs that you're having some issues with slowing down and going inwards because um, it's so uncomfortable that you almost don't want to go there. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfectly. And on that last, that last bit right there, it's, I love that you brought this up because I like recently, probably about five months ago, I was on a call with another beautiful light worker out there. And I was telling her how I was just like bluntly saying how, when I didn't have something to work on with my business, I felt antsy in my body. Like I was irritated. I was frustrated. And there was a little bit of worth stuff going on. And I was telling her just like, I don't know why, but I feel like I was putting, I'm putting my identity into my business. Like I put it in my body once upon a time, then I stopped that, then I went to my business and then I realized that and I pulled it back out and went back in. (laughs) And it's just like this, this thing I think that humans do is we're looking for connection. We're looking for intimacy, but sometimes we look for it in the wrong places. Like what we do, not who we are. So very important for people to realize, am I putting my worth in what I do or in something that can change or is it within something like me or something even bigger than me, like a higher power, which I think is the ultimate goal is to finally give over your identity to you slash higher power and not in your work ethic or your physical appearance or what, how people see you because those things will constantly change. And guess what? They'll always be out of your control and oh crap, (laughs) that's not your identity, right? Oh my gosh. It's so, so true. And I think that's really been evident in in my journey was, um, where, yeah, it was all so wrapped up in, in my physical appearance or the job that I had or the partner that I had. And, uh, you know, just something to your point, I remember hearing Marianne Williamson speak a couple of years ago. She was in Sydney and I went to hear her talk and she said the, the challenge for a lot of women and the women that, that, um, you know, are kind of in our twenties and thirties these days is that we grew up with fathers who praised us for what we did and what we achieved, not for who we were as women. And, and we grew up as women learning very much through our fathers that, that our sense of worth and our value and love comes from what we achieve and, and what we do. And that was very much my experience. My father praised me a lot for academics and my sporting ability, but for the woman who I felt I was, which was this sensitive, emotional, creative type of woman, that part of me was never really acknowledged or praised. And it was never just like, I love you for you. It was like, I love you because you did this. I'm so proud of you. Look at the mark that you got. And of course, these fathers have the best intentions, but a lot of us have grown up now with the idea that our worth and value comes from either what we achieve in the world or what we're doing. Yes, 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 yes. This, again, is beautiful timing because I'm, I'm working on a, a website, redesign, new branding, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things I'm doing is writing a book on this exact thing and how we can receive these messages from a father figure or, or even a mother figure, but generally a father figure of um, praise over your accomplishments. And what I internalize from this, and I don't even know necessarily in my life if it came from my father, I think it came from both of my parents because 
I lived very much in a, a warming, warming household, but it was also, there was also a lot of expectations, tons of expectations. And I got love no matter what, if I failed or, or, or succeeded, but there was always like the underlying, but these are the boxes that need to be checked with the kind of person you date or the kind of high school you go to or the kind of friends you have. I had to, I would make friends and then have to not have them as friends because they told me I couldn't have them as friends, even if they're fine kids. Um, and it was just, it was really hard cause I never really knew if what I was doing was right or wrong. And so whenever it was right, like I would, I would crave that approval, crave, crave, crave it. And then it became a system where I would look for what would receive the praise and that is how I live my life. And mm. I also created, and I've talked about this a couple times, but I created um, a lot of sexual shame, so to say, like feel, feeling weird about uh, relationships or intimacy, like it's just so wrong and a lot of that goes into my, into my religion, like the way I was, the kind of religion I was raised with, very conservative Baptist. And I'm not saying anything is right or wrong here. I'm just saying that this is what happened. And the result was that I felt a disconnect with my body. And that's another thing I think that was very, um, I would, uh, I would be very masculine about this, whereas I mean like over-calculating or overthinking or thinking throughout being with someone, like just thinking, 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 like never feeling. And mm. I created stories around this such as I'm not a very intimate person. I'm not a very sexual person. I'm just not. I'm just not. Like I carried that story around for like eight years until last year when I was like, holy crap, this is not true. And when I broke that down... I feel like I started to step into my feminine a little more. And then I realized my, my craving for, uh, achievements and being busy all the time. And then I was like, Whoa. And I broke that one down. And then I realized how I would do certain things or, or write blogs, blah, blah, podcasts that I think people would like, not necessarily what I want to do. So then taking another step forward and breaking another one down. And it's just like one thing after another, after another kept unraveling. And I mm. believe a lot of that goes back to for me and probably for a lot of people, the drive for perfectionism and for approval and the gold stars, not the demerits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, I mean, that process that you're talking about, this is something I guide a lot of women through and it's, it's been fascinating actually how many women have been coming to my one-on-one work without realizing that they need to go through this process of unraveling many old things that they've learned about themselves that have very much have taken them into the masculine and have very taken them, uh, have disconnected them from their intuitive, soft, sensitive, creative, you know, natures that, that, that woman who is valuable and whole just because she exists, not because she's achieved something. Um, and they've built all these, these uh, layers on top of that woman of, of the role she needs to play and who she needs to be. And see, for me, I, I became the opposite. I almost became over-sexualized and my body became very much how I felt I would get love. And I was very promiscuous and um, found I was craving connection so much that I would, I would get it through 
through sex rather than having the courage to have emotional vulnerability and honesty, you know? Um, so, so that was one of my things I had to unravel was how I was using my body to get love. You know, we do that in a lot of different ways, but I've been watching a lot of women really on this journey of unlearning so much of what they came to know about what makes them a valuable person in the world. And in the, in on the process of doing that, they start to awaken yeah, that their feminine essence again, and they're they're discovering this whole new way of living now that is based on flow and intuition and trust and um and and being being a goddess, you know, receiving in such bigger ways and having much higher self worth and knowing their boundaries and knowing how to say no and and knowing what their heart really wants to do in the world and consequently are going through a lot of career transitions and watching women doing that really come into career paths that are much more aligned with their truth, you know? Um, so it, it's very much collectively what I see a lot of women going through as well. Yes, yes, totally. So speaking mm-hmm. on the topic of trust then, how is that playing into your life the most right now? Um, like I know we were just before this mm-hmm. interview, we were talking a little bit about the current state of America and the rest of the world that's being affected by it, but all of the the tensions and the political climate and the feelings of separation that come along with that. And it's heavy and it's hard. And I think now more than ever in, in my adult life, I feel the energy of the rest of the country and and just the, the tensions and, and, and so many people just breaking down and getting angry and, and it's hard and it's especially hard. I think with, um, people who are, let's see how to say this. I I would say, I I think it's hard for everyone, but in my shoes, it's, it's hard from, from this point of view as well, because as, as people who are doing these podcasts and writing these blogs, like we want to be a source of inspiration and a source of help and a source of hope. But at times it, it, it feels so heavy. You don't even really know what to say, you know, and you don't know who's going to get super angry and who's not going to be angry. And it's confusing time. I think for everyone on some level, going back to my original question, how do you hold on to the trust and to surrendering and even in your business, particularly being able to trust that your business is on the right path and that you're speaking your truth when there's all of this uh, external chaos or confusion going on around you? Mm. Well, it goes back to kind of what we were just saying, which is when we're placing our trust in the external, you know, we're always going to be out of control and feel powerless. When, when, when in order to feel and trust that everything's going to be okay, we need to see some form of evidence of that in our external world we're always going to be powerless because we're waiting for something outside of us to be a certain way so that we can feel calm or that we can feel peace or so that we can know that everything's going to be okay. And my biggest journey through business, through this way of living, through navigating, you know, what you're talking about in our political climate is that trust means you can't always see with your eyes um, how something is going to work out 
or if something is going to be okay or if it's going to go the way that we want it to go or think that it needs to go. Trust is 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 going inwards. It is placing your faith in something bigger than what you can see and in understanding. And, and I've had to do this so much throughout my journey, probably over the past four years, as a lot of Things have happened in my world that have not gone according to my plan. And I would say a lot of people probably in your country are saying, hang on, this is not the plan that we wanted for our country. How on earth did this happen? You know, so when we're watching these things happen that are not have not gone the way that we wanted and that don't feel right. You know, we can come into a real place of resistance and struggle because we're fighting with what is we're fighting with what is presenting and what is manifesting in our world. I've done this when relationships have ended and I've, and I've been like, no, you can't break up with me. That's not the plan. Like you and I are meant to get married or when things don't go according to plan in my business and I want things to be a certain, reach a certain level of success and they don't. And I fight with that and I get into struggle and, and, and anger and like making it wrong. But but that doesn't serve any of us at all. It, it doesn't serve the planet. It doesn't serve our own energy systems to be at war with what is. And trust is, is, and I often say this to myself, you know, I can't understand this right now. It doesn't make sense to me logically. It doesn't feel to me that it is right. But the fact that it is happening and that it is manifested must mean on some level that it is right or else it wouldn't be happening. And I think a lot of people can come into confusion when either something happens in our personal lives, like someone passes away or someone leaves our life or our house burns down or, you know, something from our life gets stolen, you know, all these terrible things can happen and we can become so confused and not be able to understand it. And it's okay if you can't understand it right now. Um, maybe you, you don't need to have to be able to fully grasp why this is happening through your own, you know, framework of, of belief systems in this moment. But when you trust that the universe makes no mistakes and that, you know, nature is so perfect in the way that it, that it's unfolding, even when we have a natural disaster, you know, we need to place our faith in something beyond what we can see with our eyes. I think that's the only way that we find peace in this life. And I've, I've had to do that a lot through my spiritual practice. You were talking before about placing our faith in a higher power. And this is when we can come into prayer of our own personal practice, whatever that means to, to us, whether we pray to the angels or God or the universe or our own inner voice. And we ask for guidance and wisdom of, of what we should do in these situations. And I actually, um, I think it was just after Trump was elected, I felt the guidance to do my very first Facebook Live ever. And I jumped on, I woke up with this fire in my chest, which was like, girlfriend, it is time to rise in love. It is time to bring love up to the surface in a much bigger way. And sometimes the darkness and the fear when that intensifies, it then sparks an even stronger um, yearning for the light. And I think it then wakes up many of us who are light workers, but who are honestly being freaking lazy. And we're letting our own crap 
stop us from serving and stop us from being seen and heard. So for me, watching what's unfolding politically has sparked a stronger pull in me to now be a force of love and light in the world because we don't fight fear with fear we we bring in love and we heal and soothe that that fear and that darkness so that's where you can kind of see maybe there is a divine purpose to what's going on here Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful that you did a, a Facebook Live it, it, that spurred that passion or that desire to do that out of out of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when that happened as well. I don't think I did a Facebook Live, but I did some sort of a video or something that was saying something similar to what we're discussing right now. But my point was we have these practices in our life such as meditation, prayer, journaling, Uh, all these beautiful tools and it's cool and it's great to do it when life is going exactly how you want it to go. But it's a whole different ball game when everything goes against what you want. Do you still do those practices? Do you walk the talk? Do you continue to grow? And do you find, it's kind of like going to uh, training versus going to the battle. So like you're training, you're training, you're writing in a journal, you're listening to podcasts, you have a life coach, like, woo, all, all good stuff. But then when something actually happens and you're, you quote, going into battle or going into something that you don't agree with, like, are you prepared and are you trained for it? Or do you forget everything you just learned? Do you forget all of this beautiful work you have done? Because that's a choice. Are you deciding to put it all away and to say, forget it. I am like, woe is me. Woe is everything. Uh, gratitude practice, schmatitude practice. Like, I don't care anymore. Or are you going to continue? And are you going to use this as a moment to, to really put into action all of these wonderful things you have been doing for yourself? Now, this might sound harsh, but I'm not meaning it that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it... <laughs> soft it might not sound very soft because i'm like come on put in your great practices but uh i that's just how i feel and i in in my heart of hearts i feel very passionate about about people being able to continue to do the wonderful work they're doing now does, does that mean that you can't be upset or you can't be sad or dismayed or confused No. And I also vote that you feel what you feel and you don't have judgment against it. So say you are angry or you are mad. Don't be angry that you're angry or mad that you're mad. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. But remember, pain is going to happen, but suffering is optional. So are you going to stay in it or are you then going to let God unravel the the why and and then the future hows? Like, how are you going to get through this? Why did this happen? I don't know, but God does. It's not really up to us to know right now and that's okay mm, and that is trust absolutely is is when you you are putting like you said it, it's not up to me to know but it is up to a higher power to know um, and, and what you were just talking about in terms of you know how it's all well and good to kind of do our, our spiritual practice behind the scenes but very different when we have to go and apply it um, it always makes me think about you know, it's relationship in general, right? So there's the relationship we can have in our own bedrooms with our little practice, but then it's when we show up in the world and we're in relationship with our coworkers or our boss or our family or our partners or the politicians or the government that, that then we're really asked to, okay, well, everything that you were just practicing on your bed at home, can you now practice that in your workplace? Or I always think about with my family, like my family triggers the 
freaking life out of me, you know? It's like I can be the most evolved, beautiful person and I go back to my family and I act like a child. And to your point, it's, you know, if I'm having things triggered inside of me, fear, anger, sadness, disempowerment, all that stuff, cool. Well, I own that. I feel that. I have my tools to process my emotion but then I make a choice in that moment. Do I want to show up in this environment acting from my wounds and acting from my pain and my unconsciousness? Or like, what's a new way I could show up in this situation? So, for example, with the Trump situation, you know, exactly feel all of the emotion that is rising and you may witness, well, my old tendency would be to then want to just get angry and go into attack and criticize and go to work and bitch about what's happening. Or if I wanted to be a force of love in the world and if I wanted to contribute energetically to a solution to all of this, how could I show up in a a more evolved way now? You know, so I first process what I'm feeling, but then I I, I show up with my spiritual toolkit and I get to work in, in the real world, yeah, in a new way. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And when, when one of these things happens, so let's say the whole Trump situation, like say, okay, God, well, you're doing this for a reason. I wonder what it is. You know, it's like he knows what he's doing. He, she, whatever you want to do <laughs> her as, but there's a plan there's a plan going on right now and god's probably like i picture god being like oh that's cute like you're trying to control everything but like, i'm actually doing something <laughs> up here like that's really cute and i always picture him being like and and then that kind of gives me some humor and like i let it go or whatever i'm trying so hard to work on and it's not working um but i i have i have i have high hopes like i i want I have hopes that whatever's happening right now, even though most people can't really see what's going on, um, either party that you vote for, I think everyone is to some extent just confused of what's going on. Um, we should all have hope that it was for the best. We should all hope that everything will work out wonderfully and, and, and grow America in the right way. Even if we have doubts, like let's at least hope, right? Like don't let go of the hope and the faith and, and the, the belief that there is a plan behind the scenes, believe in what you believe and, um, be passionate about, uh, the topics and subjects that are closest to your heart, but have hope also that everything is happening for the greater good is how I like to see things. And and also, you know, this is regardless of politics or anything, but let's all, you know, I think we take personal responsibility every day for, just how powerful we are in in creating our own worlds, creating the reality that's around us, creating the energy of our families, our workplaces, our homes, who we are when we're out in the community. You know, we are so powerful. And I think the issue that can happen with politics and government and all that stuff is that we're still giving our power away mm. and we're still feeling like, well, I can't be a certain way now because this different person is in is leading the country or because this has happened. You know, that's just a collective, it, that's, a, that's just a bigger example of what's going on in the collective of all of us giving our power away and not taking enough responsibility every single day for who am I being today? Am I showing up in love or fear? Am I showing up in judgment or acceptance? How can I be more kind hearted? How can I be more generous? How can I be more inclusive? How can I 
love and care for people more? How can I serve in some small way today? You know, we, we are all so powerful. And I think that's where we reclaim our power as we wake up every day, knowing that, that we can create change, even if it's just in the way we relate to our children or our boss or the person on the bus, you know, um, let's not disregard just how much change we can affect in our own little small realities based on the energy that we're bringing to every single day, you know, that we're on this planet. Yes, exactly. I love that you said that, like giving, you're giving the power away. You, you reclaim that power. You take that power. And you mm-hmm. realize that no matter who's in office, you make the choice to wake up every day and, and, and dictate your own life and decide who you're going to be mm-hmm. and what you believe. You cannot control the outside world, but you can control your reaction and your attitude about it. And that's the most powerful thing to ever be able to control. It's amazing. Like, how cool is that, that we can do that every morning? You know, and that's where we come back to our spiritual practices and our personal tools. And, and the the storyline of our lives is always going to be changing. You know, I, you know, I even you know, t- look back over the past 15 years and I was telling you about my journey. And I can see the external landscape has just changed so many times in terms of whatever I'm experiencing in my world. But, you know, what, what's going on inside of me and, and, and my inner work always remains the same. And it's, it's just my, my work to use my tools and my practices to realign with love and connect with my own inner guidance system, which is always going to guide me to, you know, show up as my best self or show up for my, my lessons, or it's going to show me what my inner work is. It's going to show me the step to take. And, you know, I really think this is so many of us are going to be feeling such a deeper desire to find our own personal practice, whatever that's going to look like for us of how we can support ourselves to be living more in that connected, aligned, love-driven space. Um, you know, like I said, regardless of, of how the landscape of my life has changed, it's been that that's been consistent, but that when my inner work practice has been there, I've been able to thrive regardless of what's happened around me. But when I disregard my personal practices and I get lost outside of myself, you know, that's when I fall apart and that's when I'm no longer a service to anyone else in my world as well. So I think it's, it's always going to be about coming back to the things that keep us feeling um, aligned, happy, vibrant, connected, loving, you know, um, whatever those practices are for you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So we have a we have a quick fire round here. But before we mm-hmm. head on over to that, can you let everyone know where they can connect with you online? Yeah, come on over to ConnieChapman.com. Um, similar to you, Maddie, I'm going to be going through a rebrand this year and there's going to be some changes to my online home. But at the moment, um, that is the place to come and connect with me. I also have my podcast, which Maddie mentioned, called Awaken Radio, which is one of my favorite creations. Um, and I recommend, yeah, popping over and, and joining my email community because there'll be lots of new things coming this year that, uh, that will be first released to my email tribe. So if you want to know what I'm up to come and join that community as well awesome all right and i will have all those links on the show notes for this episode and here we go with question number one what are three simple words to describe you uh light passionate and creative if you could live anywhere in the world besides where you currently live where would you be (laughs) santa monica los angeles i love it over there 
<laughs> what did you eat for breakfast? Green smoothie. It's the same thing I have every single day. Awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you have a favorite nickname of yourself? Oh, that's a funny one. My name is, is an interesting name for nicknames. Um, I have a, a couple of friends that it's really quite cute. They call me Stancy and it's because my full name is Constance. And so when you take the second half, which is sort of Stance, and then they call me Stancy. And I think that's really cute. I mean, it's not something I'd ever call myself, but whenever my friends call me Stancy, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. That is really cute. Constance <laughs> is a very pretty name. It is a pretty name, isn't it? Thank you. It is. Okay. If you, um, if you join the circus, what would your position be? I don't know much about the circus and what even the positions are because I haven't been to one in a really long time, but I got an image of myself dancing in some way. There'd be something like some type of performer dancing. I'd want to have a beautiful, like elaborate costume and I'd want to be just shining and moving in a very fluid feminine way up on stage. That would be my fave thing to do. Beautiful. What, who are the, who are the three people you would invite to your perfect dinner party? Marianne Williamson, that woman, that woman is a force to be reckoned with. I absolutely love her. Um, I would, I would also invite Eckhart because he's just, everything he says is like golden, Eckhart Tolle. He's amazing. Um, who else would I invite? That is an interesting question. Um, Maybe, you know, I would make it this big, like, self-development thing. Maybe I'd also have Tony Robbins just because he's epic too. I just want, like, the three people that I think have influenced my life the most, and it's probably those three people. That would be a very powerful, powerful. <laughs> powerful. I wouldn't speak. i just sit there and listen, listen the whole time. <laughs> Look with your little podcast equipment on so you could record it yes. all. So that'd be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine the conversations? My so gosh. good. Okay, last two questions. What is one must-read book? Oh, wow. That's a toughie because there are so, so many. Um, oh, I would actually say one of the ones that changed my life the most was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. That really, it, it completely broke down like what I thought life was and helped me actually understand the purpose of life and the purpose of who I'm here to be in the world. Um, yeah, he's got a whole series of the Conversations with, God, Conversations with God series, but book one was an absolute life changer for me. Okay, and last question. If there was a movie about your life, who would you cast to play the role of you? <laughs> that is a really difficult question. Um, who would I cast? I, I really I don't watch many movies. I don't know many actresses. It would have to be someone really like playful and um, a bit cheeky and petite. Um, who would I oh, – Maddie, I can't even think. I'm thinking of someone who I think would do a good job, but I'm trying to think of – I can't even believe I can't think of her name. Um, yeah, I can't think of people's names. <laughs> what's that movie that's – oh, my gosh – Drew Barrymore. That's who I was thinking. Oh, oh cool. I'd claim her. I think she's amazing. I'll choose Drew. Love yeah, it. That's what, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I was like, she's she's just a, adorable, and y'all have very similar colored hair. 
and skin color, so why not? Yeah, she's got a cute little smile and giggle. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Let's yeah. let's choose her. Okay. <laughs> her it is then. <laughs> awesome. Well, Connie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so fun and like such a beautiful, flowy, lovely conversation with you. Mm, it's been so awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone head on over, as always, to the website, maddiemoon.com. This is episode 141, where you can get the show notes for this and all the links and the link to the book that she recommended. It'll all be over there. And while you're there, you can get your free gift from me, How to Powerfully Live Your One Life, the course. And I will see you guys soon. 